is from um, Luke chapter 2. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. This is the word of the Lord. It's become our Christmas tradition. Uh, it's it's uh, become my, my habit to meditate on classic Christmas carols uh, throughout the Christmas season. And uh, we've been doing it now for almost eight years. And, and I've counted up about 25 Christmas carols that we've, that we've touched on in the last several years. Uh, so some of, those of you, uh, some of you are relatively new to our congregation, so I think this year I'm going to start recycling uh, some of those carols from years ago, uh, but, but not today. Actually, today, today is going to be something that we haven't looked at yet because it's so rare. It's a Welsh carol called On to Bethlehem Town. It's so rare that I couldn't find it in any of my um, American-based uh, hymnals. Uh, this is something that I found in, in the 1987 film production, A Child's Christmas in Wales. Uh, it's, a, it's a movie, it's a great movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it. Um, I haven't convinced my kids that it's worth their time, but uh, I'm going to, slow and steady wins the race, in my opinion. But um, it, it's, based on, it's based on the short story by Dylan Thomas, actually, in the 1950s. Anyway, first time I heard this carol, On to Bethlehem Town, was in that movie, and it really just kind of immediately mesmerized me. It's very simple, but I think it possesses a simple wonder if you listen to it. It has a minor key, a very warm sound, a dark musical quality to it. And, and as you're watching the movie, A Child's Christmas in Wales, the, the family is, is gathered around the piano on Christmas night after dinner and dessert, and they're all singing Christmas carols. It's, it's something I remember from my childhood. Our relatives would come over, and somebody would sit at the piano, and we'd all sing Christmas carols. Some of them were religious. Some of them were just, you know, goofy, warm Americana, you know, Christmas songs. But that was part of what I remember of childhood was, was loved ones gathering around a piano and, and singing. And so this, this family in the early 1900s, they gather around this Welsh home uh, while it's snowing outside, and they sing. And one of the songs they sing is, On to Bethlehem Town. And, and here's just the beginning of it. On to Bethlehem Town, join the crowd and travel down, down the road that leads us to the cradle. And when I, when I think of that phrase, uh, you know, join us down the road that leads us to the cradle, it reminds me of the 42nd Psalm. 
You may be familiar with it. It's a, it's a famous psalm. There's this phrase, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? All right, it's, it was a song written by someone in great distress. But in the middle of their distress, they remember something. Psalm 42, verse 4, this is the distressed person saying this. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. This is a deeply distressed person remembering the joy of going up to Jerusalem to worship with their friends and countrymen. Just the joy and the anticipation of coming into the presence of God with those you know and love to worship Him. It kind of reminds me of the warmth of gathering around a piano and singing your favorite holiday songs. The wonder, the anticipation, the joy of approaching God together in worship. Again, the, the carol goes on to say, hearts aglow with boundless joy. There it is. Now, I'm sure that all of us, all of you are probably at a different point on the road of coming to Jesus or following Jesus. Uh, maybe some of us are further down the road. Maybe some of us have just begun the journey. Maybe some of you here today don't feel like you're on that road or on that journey at all. But I would like to challenge all of you. I would like to invite all of you. Let nothing hinder you from coming to Jesus, even now. Or let nothing hinder you from drawing closer to him wherever you are on that road that leads you into the presence of the Christ child. Today I want to talk to you about the invitation that God is offering you in the Christmas story, in the meaning of Advent itself. I also want to talk to you about our response to God's invitation, and I want to talk to you about the reason his invitation matters so much to us. So that's what we're going to cover, a simple Welsh Christmas carol, where we're going to talk about the invitation that God offers us, our response to it, and the reason the invitation is so important. The invitation that God offers the human race in Jesus Christ is nothing short of marvelous. A marvelous event and a marvelous invitation is recorded for us in Luke's gospel. Luke recorded that it was lowly shepherds who were amazed at an extraterrestrial encounter with an army of angels who sang to them like a choir. Can you imagine that? The shepherds had every reason to run in fear, but they had no ability to do so. And yet, the angel said to them, according to Luke chapter 2, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, that's Bethlehem, Christ the Lord. I loved how Chrissy shared with the kids earlier, imagine getting a birthday invitation, right? Like the king, the emperor, the president, your favorite movie star is having a birthday today and you're invited right now. The shepherds would never forget what they saw that night. They would never forget what they heard in an amazing chorus. 
to when they finally found the child and drew close to him in joy. They would never forget it. Um, And then years later, they would recount what they had seen and heard to Luke, who recorded it for us. So a marvelous event, but it included a marvelous invitation. As we look more deeply, who were the first witnesses of the Christ child? Right? Outside of Mary and Joseph, who who were the first witnesses of the Christ child? Was it Augustus Caesar? No. The high priest in Jerusalem that year? I mean, an important religious event, you'd figure, right, the, the high priest would be there. No. King Herod? Thankfully, no. No, the shepherds were the first witnesses of the Son of God come into this world. Shepherds. I want you to think of today's migrant farm workers. That's who were invited first. Migrant workers. Which means anyone is welcome to come. This isn't a restricted guest list. Everyone is welcome to come and hear and see what God is doing in the world. Come and see the child, the carol goes on to sing. Come and see the child with his mother Mary mild. Come along and worship at the cradle. The incarnation of God becoming a human being. Think about that. Let's not skip over that. Think about that. God becoming a human being, the incarnation itself. Remember what the carol also said. The carol in its second verse describes the child as the everlasting word. This is no normal child, but the everlasting God. This incarnation of God becoming a human being is an invitation in itself. The incarnation is invitation for people everywhere to pay attention to what God is doing in human history. He is a God who is engaged with us. He is a God who is involved in our lives and in current events. He is a God who is purposeful. He is a God who is, believe it or not, inviting. A God who is welcoming. You may wonder, you know, is there a God with all the trouble that we're seeing in the world? Is there a God with all the trauma that I've gone through in my own life or maybe even right now? Does God care? The incarnation responds, yes. God visiting us means he cares very much. Have you been paying attention to what God is doing in the world and in human history? We all know what Prince Harry is up to. Do we know what God is up to? Have you been watching? Such a marvelous event as the incarnation, such a marvelous invitation from our creator requires a response. Wherever you are on the journey, it requires a response. And this is what's so helpful about the habit of seasons and the habit of seasons in religion. It reminds us the things that we should not take for granted. Every year, we have a reminder of what we should never take for granted. Did the shepherds go back to shepherding after the angels left? Or did they go back to sleep when the angels disappeared? No. Luke tells us, they said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord 
has made known to us. We see in Luke's nativity a foretaste of the gospel itself, the good news, and our call to respond. We see in Luke's nativity narrative a foretaste of what our creator requires of us in responding to what he is doing in the incarnation. You know, when Jesus would grow up and when he started his ministry, Mark's gospel tells us he went around from town to town saying this, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And that word gospel, it, come, it was a Greek word and it meant good news. Jesus said, repent and believe in the good news. Good news demands a response, does it not? And the biblical way of talking about a response to what God is doing is two parts, uh, two aspects of our response, faith and repentance. And if you've been in the church or following Jesus for a long time, these aren't new words for you. Uh, they're old words, but again, you should not take them for granted. Putting it simply, faith is putting your trust in Jesus. It's putting your hope in him. It's allowing your identity, your very life, to be defined and formed around who Jesus is and what he has done and what he has said. Faith, in simple terms, is saying yes to Jesus. Repentance is following him. Repentance is changing for Jesus. Repentance is that you keep saying yes to him as the journey continues. You keep saying yes to Jesus in all of life and in every little area. So faith and repentance, knowing Jesus, this is the invitation represented in the incarnation. So let nothing hinder you from coming to Jesus wherever you are on the journey. Again, the carol tells us, we sing these words, we will bow down before him. Come, come and adore him. Come to Jesus. I'm serious. This is a real invitation to you. Come to Jesus. Believe in him. Follow him. If the shepherds were welcome, so are you. Whether you're Welsh or American or African or Southeast Asian or Middle Eastern uh, or Native, you are welcome. And the proof of that is the first people invited to the event were common migrant farmers. Bringing gifts of gold, the carol goes on to say, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So now that's not the shepherd's perspective. That's the, that's the magi's perspective, right? That's the wise men who probably traveled months later on, traveled for months from the Far East, from probably Persia, right? And they came to find the boy Jesus and they brought gifts and they worshiped him. And so geography and weather and politics and threats from King Herod, nothing hindered the Magi from worshiping. Christ the Lord, that's what they came to see. Christ the Lord, that's the good news. The good news is a person. The invitation is to find a person. Not just to celebrate, but to celebrate a person. The good news demands a response. So have we taken this marvelous news, this marvelous invitation for granted? Will you not 
come near to Jesus? Will you not engage? Will you not engage with what God is doing in the world and in history? There are always reasons for staying afar. There are always reasons for not engaging, right? Uh, and here's just a few, but they're common. And you may be able to relate to at least one of them, busyness. Just, we're busy. Chevy mentioned it, right? He made us sit still and meditate and pray for one minute. And you know, he's not exactly right because uh, he said we're not actually um, tuned in in the shower. We, we are. I can listen to my favorite podcasts in the shower now, right? Like, we don't have to turn anything off anymore. You remember Ralph Nader? Some of you are too young to remember Ralph Nader. And you, whatever you think about Ralph Nader, Ray, Nader is irrelevant to me. I'm only bringing him up because he once said when he was interviewed about advertising, somebody said to him, when are you not being bombarded with ads? And he said, when you're asleep. So I would say, yeah, in the shower and maybe when you're sleeping. That's the only time that we're not plugged in these days. Maybe you're a parent and you're super busy. Maybe you're a business owner or you're a manager. You manage a lot of stuff. You manage a lot of people. And you're too busy. You're too busy to come and to take the invitation seriously. Maybe you're too busy. You know, quite respectfully, some of us have health problems. Right? With all the medication and all the treatment. It's like we're too sick. We're too busy being sick to take the invitation seriously. We've suffered too much. We're too busy suffering to take Jesus seriously. Maybe you're a worrier. You know, I come from a long, it's like in the blood. We, we're, we worry. And you know, so maybe, you're too, maybe you're too worried. Maybe you're too busy being anxious to take Jesus' invitation seriously. Maybe it's not busyness. Maybe it's something else for you. Maybe it's doubt. Maybe you're skeptical of all of this. Maybe, for instance, you don't know. Here's a popular reason. You don't know how to take faith and science seriously at the same time. A lot of people struggle with that. I can relate to that. But I'll tell you, don't let that hold you back. Look at the Magi. They took faith and science. Learn all about them historically. They took faith and science very seriously. And they came. And they worshiped the child. Maybe it's not that. Maybe you're not a doubter and maybe you're not too busy to pay attention. Maybe you're proud. You don't think you need God when you look at your life. Or maybe you, you look at your life and you don't think you need God's forgiveness for anything. Uh, you look at your life and you go, well, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I, I'm okay. I'm not like other people. I'm, I'm, I'm living a good life and I don't need that stuff. I would encourage you, friend, to define good. Maybe it's not that. Maybe you're not proud, actually. Maybe you just haven't thought about it. Maybe you've just never really thought about it until this moment. Maybe you're a kid, and you've been playing video games, and you've had your mind on girls, or you've had your mind on boys, and you just haven't focused on significant things yet. Maybe this church thing or the religious thing is your parents' gig, and you're just kind of coming along with them. I totally get that. But now I'm talking to you. Never mind your parents. You're a person too, aren't you? You're a person. What do you think? Forget about what your parents think. What do you think about Jesus? Ask yourself. Maybe it's none of those things. Maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this or you've heard it put to you this way 
Well, hey, like the shepherds, you have an opportunity to respond. For all the reasons there are to stay away from Jesus, there are reasons to draw near to him. And here's the big one, okay? Um, The reason this invitation of the incarnation matters so much is because we have a gift. We have the gift of an opportunity to truly know our maker, to understand him as he wants to be understood, to know him as he wants to be known. Don't you want to be known as as you understand yourself? Right? You don't want people to take you for granted. You want them to listen to you and understand who you are. You want them to see you and to listen, to stop talking and to listen to you. This is an opportunity to truly know God as he wants to be known. Not the myths that we've invented ourselves to try and explain the uniqueness of the human race, the uniqueness of our suffering, the uniqueness of the problem of evil and human wickedness. Not all of the myths. Not the caricatures of God either. The versions in our minds that we've drawn up of God based on our parents, based on our politicians, based on the tyrants of human history, none of that. Not even those plastic, translucent, two-foot-high statues of the baby Jesus that we find in people, on people's lawns today or you know, over there at the church in the courtyard somewhere. Not even that stuff. This is an opportunity, the incarnation, right? To get to know our maker as he truly wants us to understand him. Advent, his coming. Christmas is an invitation to know God as he truly is through Jesus Christ. Christ the Lord is what the angels told the shepherds. That's who was born, Christ the Lord. Two weighty words the most significant words in human history about any human being that ever lived, Christ meant the Jewish Messiah, whom they were waiting for to save them. But Lord, it was the word for God. Like, are we understanding this? The Messiah, who is God, was born and lay in a manger. The shepherds were invited to come and see the Messiah who is God, Christ the Lord, whom as John told us in his gospel was the beginning, the beginning and the end. Jesus described by John as being in the beginning and he was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, Christ the Lord, who also, the Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 2, emptied himself. The Messiah, God in human flesh, emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death on a Roman cross. This is Christ, the Lord, who is then, as 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us, Buried, physically buried in his death, but raised physically on the third day in accordance with the ancient scriptures. This is Christ, the Lord, 
who said of himself in Matthew chapter 25 that when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him. See, you, right? The, the shepherds heard that mighty angel band. They're coming back with the Lord Jesus. Where he will judge, Jesus says, the living and the dead when he will sit on his glorious throne. This is truly God, Christ the Lord. And the reason why this invitation matters so much is because it reveals to us all that God was willing to endure to be with us. And you think of him being the eternal son of God and you think of him becoming a human being to live a perfect life and then to suffer like we suffer and worse and to die a brutal death and to be buried in the ground and to rise out of the ground and to promise that he is coming back. This is the reason why the invitation is so important. Because Jesus let nothing hinder him from coming to be with you. Jesus will let nothing hinder him to return to you. So you let nothing hinder you from coming to him. Come to the cradle. Come to the stable. Worship with us. Bow down. God has invited us to come to his son. What an invitation. Respond to it, my friends, wherever you are on the path. Because, as Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. May we never get bored at this marvelous invitation for sinners to come to our Savior. As Chrissy was talking to the kids, she, you know, thank you for spending the time on actually making, uh, uh, you know, an invitation, you know, the RSVP and showing the kids that. It, it reminded me of when I was a kid and how I felt when I didn't get invited to a certain birthday party. You know how that feels, right? You're, you're, what happens, especially when you go to school, what happens, you come back to school and what, everybody's talking about the party you didn't get invited to, right? Because like kids don't have filters, they, they, they don't understand being you know, socially respectable, you know, socially respecting other people. They just walk into school, they just walk, hey, did you go to that party, that was amazing. And all you know is I wasn't invited. Maybe that never happened to you. <laughs> this isn't an invitation that is exclusive. Let God worry about who's called and when. What we need to know is that all are welcome to approach him. Will you not? Come to the Savior. Join us. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're suffering through, there is joy with the Savior. And there is joy in numbers. So this Advent season, come to Jesus and follow us as we follow him. Let's pray. Our God, thank you for letting nothing hinder you from coming to visit us, living among us, dying the death we deserve, rising again, promising to not leave us forsaken. Lord Jesus, even this month, we pray especially that you would come back. May we be ready for you, each of us. Amen.